We are commencing by Azrat Hashem, the book of Tahara. More appropriately, I think it should be pronounced Tahora, like the Pasuk, and uh, it deals with, first of all, it's the most it's the most difficult book by far of Harambam, and it deals with all the halachot of Tum'ah v'tahora, all the halachot of purity and impurity according to Jewish ritual law. It, it's based mostly from the Pesukim of the Torah, but still it's something that it's very unknown for obvious reasons. The most immediate, the, the, the main relevance of this halachot is for entering the Bet HaMikdash, it's for doing korbanot, for doing service, all things that we don't do. So ever since that time, these halachot have lost much of their relevance. Now, a couple of things about Tum'ah uh, Tahora. Number one, it, it bears remembering what Rabbani Haram Zakai taught his students, and that is that it's not about anything intrinsic. There is nothing intrinsically uh, real with something being impure or something being pure. It's all conventions, and it, it's the fabric, it's the, it's the organic fabric of Jewish culture. It's what makes us who we are. It's about attitudes. It's about things that we find we should keep some distance from, things that we find that, uh, that you know, a little bit uh, repelling, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and so, at the same time, it's all very psychological as well. And this is something that I think is worth keeping in mind as we review this halachot, <clears throat> that in many instances, the reason a halacha is one way or the other is because of how a certain something is going to be perceived. So for instance, when someone touches uh, the edge of the door or something like that, from the point of view of somebody experiencing that, either as an observer or as a person touching it, this might this might mean something with respect to whether the, the tum'ah travels or doesn't travel. So always keep that in mind. It's all about, and you should ask, you should have uh, in mind this this uh, question as if it were, if someone is nitma and nobody hears about it or nobody is aware of it, is that person really tameh? So I'm not making any halachic statement, but it it should be a question that that leads the way that we think about this. Issues of Tum'ah v'tahora. Nothing about it is real. There is nothing. There is nothing that distinguishes between someone tahor and someone tameh, except for the halacha that it be so. And Harambam actually guides us um, before commencing this this masterful setup of lichot tahora, which which I, I I could I could bet is one of it was also one of the hardest books to write for Harambam because he. He goes on about how much how, how much value he provided by by setting it up this way, in such an organized way. He he recommends very much to learn and memorize. He says actually memorize, his akdama to the seder tahorot on the on the Mishnah. So if somebody is is inclined, if anyone is inclined to go and do so, and is serious about learning the salachot, that is the blueprint. The first subject of Ilchot Tum'ah v'tahora, of Ilchot Tahora, really, because we, another aspect of Jewish culture is always to speak in the in the positive, not in the negative, in terms of Tahora or Habehemah Tehora, Habehemah Sherena Tehora, and so on and so forth. The first is Tum'atmet, is a kind of Tum'ah that derives from death. And um, one more point about this, 
there's really three larger categories of things that in Jewish culture, in the original Hebrew culture, Tum'ah derives from them, three broad categories. One is death, the other one is sexuality, and the third one is some kind of a disease like sarat. So any kind of Tum'ah you'll find is going to belong to one of these three categories. And in addition to it being, so I said it, it, it's mostly a, a function of culture, is the way we feel about things. So just like an American feels uh, ichy and, and iwi about, I don't know, eating seahorses or eating a steak made of dog meat, even though a Chinese would not, so too the Yehudim always had a certain feeling from things that we considered tameh. Now, it does have another utilitarian function, purpose, and that is to save us, to keep us away, and to create, to generate certain attitudes that are good for us with respect to death and with respect to sexuality. So in particular in these two areas, um, these are areas that the imagination and, and, the, and the human uh, unconscious drives are extremely powerful and overbearing if, if left unchecked, as evidenced by, if you look at any other civilization, um, all of the Avodah Zarah is centered ar around these two themes. So Avodah Zarah, past, present, and future, has an element of death. Uh, everyone loves death and, and dead people, and Dia de los Muertos in, in Mexico, and uh, you can, in, inside every Catholic church, you have a dead person hanging somewhere and the obsession people have with cemeteries, and even in, in uh, popular culture, movies about vampires, and, and so on and so forth. It's something that has a, has a very strong appeal to a certain level of our unconscious. And of course, sexuality, we don't even need to explain. It's a little more intuitive. But by, by uh, creating these rules, these categories of Tum'a the Torah was save, saving us and was helping us create certain boundaries and certain healthy boundaries and perhaps training us to have to wait for certain things, um, all of which, all of which would, would, uh, would generate a healthier relationship with these two broad categories. So for instance, um, the holiest person we have, a Kohen Gadol, or a, any Kohen, should, should be extremely careful about not becoming quote to quote contaminated with any kind of Tum'ah, which means that for us the least holy thing anyone could ever think of is the, the tomb of, of, any, of any person, like, like where someone is buried. So far from wanting to, to create, let's say, a synagogue in a cemetery or going to pray by, by, by the tombstone of an ancestor or some great leader, some great rabbi, uh, we, we actually keep our distance and we stay as far as possible from it. And the highest degree, and by highest I mean the most severe degree of Tum'ah that we can find, is Tum'at Met, which is the subject of this first series of Halachot. Perek Aleph, Halacha Aleph. Hamet metameh v'magah uvmasah uvohel Tum'at Shiv'ah. A dead person, a dead body, has the power of bring to mouth, maga, maga is touch, masa is transporting, transportation, we'll see later. Ohel means 
sharing a, a roof with something else. Tum'at Shiva is the, is the highest form of Tum'ah, which is a Tum'ah that lasts at least seven days. Tum'at Magah ve'ohel mefurashim v'talash ne'emar ha'mnogea b'met dechon nefesh adam v'tamesh shivat yamim. The touch and the ohel, both of them, are explicit in the Torah, in this pasuk from Parashat Paradumah, Parashat Chukat, which is the basis for most of the Talachot. V'ne'emar kol habay la'ohel v'chol asher ba'ohel itma shivat yamim. And there it said that Tum'at Ohel generates a, a period of Tum'ah of seven days. But Tum'at Masa'a mipiyashemu'ah, however, the Tum'ah that comes about by transporting is mipiyashemu'ah, is, is from tradition. We don't have anything explicit about this. Ve'kal ha'homer ha'devarim. Im nevela shei Tum'at ayre ve'nah metame'ah ba'ohel metame'ah ba'masa'a sh'ne'emar ve'hanuset nivlatam. And this is all learned from Kal ha'homer, because if you take the Tum'ah of nevela, of a dead animal, and the Torah does say about a dead animal that somebody carrying a dead animal, that person would become Tameh. Wouldn't you say that a, a dead human being? How much more so? And just like for a dead animal, when, when you touch a dead animal, you're Tameh through the night, through the, the, the end of the day, and the same happens with transporting, so we also learned that it's the same, it's the same degree, and therefore, if we now apply Tum'at Masa also to human beings, we'll conclude that the length of the Tum'at that is generated from that is, is seven days. And Tum'at Masa makes it clear, Tum'at Masa with the Met, the Tum'at of transporting with respect to a dead body, is not the Rabbanan. Is actually from the Torah. A person who becomes Tameh becomes Tameh in Hatorah. So trivia point here. If any if any time you are asked, give me three examples of um, of uh, of Kalva Homer min HaTorah, things that are obvious that are Kalva Homer that Rambam brings. These are three examples. So Rambam says, and the reason I think that the Torah did not even mention Tumat Masa with respect to a person, it's the same reason that he didn't mention as one of the forbidden relationships a father with his daughter, because it already mentioned the father and with his daughter's daughter, so how much more so his daughter herself. The same with Basar Behalav, a more familiar example. The Torah did not forbid explicitly eating meat with milk, it forbade cooking it together, and the, the, the rationale many uh, hachamim, and that's Harambam's position, take for why that is forbidden, is it's, it's implied. So if the Torah tell, tells you don't cook something to eat it, it's as if it's telling you don't even cook it to eat it, and how much more so don't eat it. So the same with Masa, if, if uh, the Ohel, which is a much less intuitive kind of Tum'ah, sharing a roof, brings about this Tum'ah, how much more so transporting. Gimal. Tum'at magah ha'amura b'chol makom b'em b'met b'em b'sha'ar ha'metameim, hu sh'igah ha'adam b'fsaro b'tum'ah b'em b'yadu b'em b'raglo b'sha'ar gufo, afilu b'lshono ha'ra z'tame. V'chen y'ra'e li sh'im nagah b'tsipornu b'shinno n'tma, k'ban sh'hem m'chubarim l'kuf ha'rehem k'guf. The Tum'at magah, the touching kind of Tum'ah, needs to be touching with one's own flesh. And Arambam says I, that he believes, although he doesn't have a source for it, that this includes one's own teeth and, and uh, fingernails. If the person touches 
with any part of their body, even their teeth, even their fingernails, that will be Tum'at Maga. אבל אם תחב אדם טומאה בכוש, והכניסה לתוך גירונו של הטהול ולא נגעה בלשונו, או שהכניסה לתוך מאי האישה מלמטה ולא נגעה בבשרה, לא נטמאה בולע משום נוגע, שהרי לא נגע, שנגיעת פנים אינה הנגיעה. But, however, the Rambam says, if, if uh, the, the source of טומאה is at the edge, at the end of something long, let's say some... For instance, a score. So it's at the end of a very long score, and you introduce that score inside someone's body through, their, through the throat without touching anything. And then at the end, when it's inside that body or, or inside their, their throat, their esophagus, it starts touching the walls of the esophagus. Or uh, even in, in the female anatomy from, from uh, underneath, and somehow it goes inside and touches the inner walls of the woman's body, that would not be considered touching. So touching must be with the outside part of one's body, not with the inside part of, of, of one's body. Dalet, a few more details about what touching and what, what's considered part of one's body for touching. Um, coagulated blood outside, outside uh, on a, from a wound, in other words, a scab, that's considered part of the skin. However, the, the little, the skinny, the, the, the thin hair that grows on newborns, which is called lanugo in, in English, that's keshut in, in Hebrew, that is not considered part of the skin. And therefore, if, uh, if a baby touches with that part something of tumah, the baby will not become tameh. כסעד, מי שנגעה טומאה בכלום מכתו נטמא כאילו נגעה בעורו, נגעה בשיער הדחשיה על בשר הקטן, לא נטמא. Therefore, uh, touching with that scab, something of tumah, will bring tumah to the person on whom this scab is. Not the case with the, the lanugo of, of a baby. וכן אדם טמא שהייתה בו מכה ונגעה טהור בכלום מכת הטמא נטמא, היה קטן טמא ונגעה קרוב בחשוש שלא, לא נטמא. And so to for transferring this tum'ah, if the scab was on the person who was tameh, or the baby's, he, he was tameh, and then uh, someone touches the lanug of the baby or touches the, the scab of, of that person who is tameh, then in the, first, in, the, in the scab they would become tameh, in the, in the hair they would not become tameh. This doesn't matter if the kind of tum'ah is tum'ah tameh or any other tum'ah. In other words, right now we are studying how someone becomes tameh. וכן לכלוכי סועה ותית וכיוסה בהם מדברים שחוססין על הגוף אינם כעור הבשר לא לטמא ולא להיטמא. And in acquire and transmit Tum'ah by touching, so too any object can do so, Kelim, um, except except a, a, a vessel, a utensil that is made from Heres, that is made of mud, um, uh, so clay or mud, the only way that this kind of, of instrument will become Tameh is by containing something within its, its, um, 
its containment space. That's Aviro. This is going to be one of the main topics, actually, of Hilchot Kalim, which is even more difficult than what we are starting right now. And this is a very important rule that you should keep in mind. Anything that has the ability to transmit Tum'ah to a person through touching will also have the ability, ability to, to transmit Tum'ah to a, an object through touching, and vice versa. Transporting Tum'ah is very simple. It's about carrying the weight, uh, and even for a millimeter, lifting the weight of, of the object of Tum'ah, regardless of whether or not the person who is carrying it is touching the object. And it can be, so anything you do to, to, to with the power of your person, of your body, to lift even one millimeter, something that has Tum'ah, regardless of what separates between you and the Tum'ah, it's not about touching, would be Tum'at Masa. And it's with any part of one's body. And you don't need to be the one who originally lifts it. Let's say you're walking and your friend, while you're walking, puts on your head something that has tum'ah. You are being mitameh b'masa. And not only, it doesn't even need to be on top of you, it could be under you. For example, if you are pulling on a string that at the end of which there is something of tum'ah, so it's by your force that through the string, this thing of Tum'ah is being lifted, and therefore you are becoming Tameh B'masa. Zain, another aspect of, of uh, lifting, which is leverage, Mesit Bichlal Nosehu. Mesit is uh, serving as support for something or leveraging, levering something, is a kind of Noseh. And anything that has the ability to, be, to bring Tum'ah with, with transporting, would also do so with his set. Kesad, an example of that. So imagine there is a wall with a beam on top of it as a seesaw, and on one of the ends it, it's supporting, let's say, a dead mouse, something of Tum'ah, and someone with Tahor goes to the other end and pushes it down, thereby lifting the end which has the Tum'ah, then this would be Masah. Obviously, if, if uh, this leverage um, had, the, had the effect of lifting something all the way from the ground, or even, or even moving it, across a certain distance, all of this would obviously be aspects of Heset, which is a kind of Tum'at Masa. So whenever you hear Tum'at Heset or Mesit, now you know it means Masa through leverage. Het. Although we said that the inner walls of someone's, of a human body are not 
capable of, of uh, transmitting or acquiring Tum'ah through touch, they are capable of acquiring and transmitting Tum'ah through carrying. Unless the, the Tum'ah managed to find its way before touching anything and before being carried by anything, all the way to someone's digestive system. Um, once it gets there, then the person is no longer seen as carrying it. And again, remember what I said at the beginning, it's all psychological, it's what's perceived either by the person carrying it or the person experiencing it by, by, by witnessing what, what's happening to somebody else. When someone swallows something and is eating it, we don't think of it as carrying it. So the moment it reaches the, the me'ayim, the, the inner um, digestive system, then even if a person then starts taking a few walks, a few steps, they're not carrying that tum'ah. Not only that, if, if, if someone has in their stomach a tum'ah that never touched the outside wall of his body, and while it was going through his stomach, it, it, it never, he never moved, so he didn't carry it, didn't, didn't transport it, even one millimeter, and then he goes to the mikveh having, let's say, a dead mouse inside his stomach, he still will be tahor. Although we said that touch is equivalent between humans and kalim, this is not the same for masa for transportation. For transporting, the only the only thing that is capable of acquiring to other transportation is the human being, not any other um, uh, object or instrument. How so? So just to, to remember this, Arama brings a very useful example. Imagine somebody that has 10 layers of clothing on top of his head, and on top of the 10th layer, there is a dead mouse. So the person will be tameh from the dead mouse, mouse because of Tum'at Masa. He's, he's lifting, he's transporting, he's carrying that dead mouse. The garments, the layers of garments on top of his head, none of them will acquire Tum'at Masa, except that the top one, the one that's touching the mouse itself, is going to acquire Tum'at Maga, the touch kind of Tum'ah, not Tum'at Masa. Halachayod. Tum'at ohelena bish'ar tum'ot ella bamet bilvad. The Tum'ah of ohel, sharing a roof with something, the only thing that can transmit that kind of a Tum'ah is a dead human being. Uben she'he ehil ha'adam o'akeli, afilu mahat she'ehil al'hamet o she'ehil ha'met al'adam o'akeli, and sharing this roof is de minimis. Any kind of sharing, any kind of roof, doesn't matter if the roof is what's tamay, in other words, that the dead person is the roof, or um, the, the, the tahor is, is becoming a roof on the dead person, anything like that, this would be, this would be also ohel, and everything would become tamay. Whenever we say Tum'at Ohel, it's one of these three things. In other words, either they are sharing a common roof, or the Tum'ah is a roof to the Tahor, or the Tahor is a roof to the Tum'ah.
אחד הבא כולו לאוהל המת, הוא הבא מקצתו, הרי זה נטמא באוהל, אפילו הכניס ידו לאורשי אסבעותיו וחותמו לאוהל המת, הרי זה נטמא כולו. And not only, the tahor doesn't need to be entirely within the אוהל, any part of his body would be enough for the entire person to become טמא. נגע במשקוף וסירף ידו, האם המשקוף נטמא, וכאילו במקצתו. Now, the person doesn't go inside the house that has a met, that has a dead, a dead body, but rather he connects his hand with the frame of the door. So this is again something that I believe belongs to the psychological aspect of the Talachot. So right now it's as if the hand of the person becomes one with the, the frame of the door, and then that person is going to become Tameh as well, as if a little bit of him went inside the house, even though he's not really sharing a roof with the Met. Nagaba Askupa, mitefach ulmata ulmatan, karov la'aris tahor, mitefach ulmalan, tameh ve'ira'ej es'davar de'medivrahem. However, if he touches the, the bottom part of the frame, the, the little step that goes into the house, that's called Askupa. So if it is the part that is closer to the ground level, to the street, then he'd be tahor, because again, perception-wise, it doesn't seem as though he's merging with that house that is a source of Tum'ah. But if it's Metefach Ulmalan, if it's the Tefach that is closer to the house, he's going to be Tamein Harabam thinks, that this would be from Hachamim. Alachayot Bet, Echad Hamet Mi-Israel O Minagoyim Metameh B'Magah Ulmasa. It doesn't matter if the dead body is of someone who is Israel or someone who is a goy, it would still be a source of Tum'ah for the purposes of touching and of Masa and of transporting. However, Yod Gimal, ואין הגוי מטמא באוהל, ודבר זה קבלה הוא, והרי הוא אומר במלחמת מדיין וכל נורע בחלל ולא יזכיר שם אוהל. However, the goy does not transmit Tum'at אוהל, This is very uh, relevant nowadays because Tum'at Ohel is very likely to occur and one area of modern life in which Tum'ah is relevant is Kohanim. Kohanim do have to, to, be, to be careful of not becoming Tamein. Sorry, one more thing about Tum'ah that I meant to say in the introduction I forgot is there is no prohibition per se on becoming Tamein. The prohibition would be once a person is Tamein, then there is a few things that they cannot do with the exception of a Kohen. A Kohen, yes, has some specific prohibitions of not becoming Tameh. So the Goy does not have Tum'at Ohel. This is Kabbalah, it's tradition. But Haramam says, look at what happens in Milhamet Midian, from which we learn a lot of the laws of Tum'at and Tahora. There it says, Moshe Rabbeinu Taz Am Yisrael, that who will need Paraduma? Those who touch, those who touch a dead body. He didn't mention those who go inside the same roof, share a roof, or make a roof, or, or, or um, find a roof under a, a dead body. So there was no Tum'at Ohel there. Tum'at Masa, we already mentioned, is never in the Torah. So you should learn from there that, that there are, or at least it's consistent with our tradition of there not being Tum'at Ohel with the dead people they would have found in the war with Midian, which were not from Israel.
יוד גימל. וכן הגוי אינו נעשתם אמת, אלא גוי שנגע במת או נשאו או העיל עליו, הרי הוא כמי שלא נגע. למה זה דומה ללהמה שנגעה במת או העילה על המת, ולא בטומאת מבלבד, אלא בכל הטומאות כולן אין הגויים ולא הבהמה מטמאים בהם. One more thing, the goy does not, although can transmit טומאה, does not acquire טומאת מת. Whether with מגע, מסע או אוהל, it's as if none of those things happen to them. And this is not only טומאת מת, it's any kind of טומאה, neither the goyim, nor other living creatures would become tame. יוד דלת, ומדברי סופרים, שיהו הגויים כזרים לכל דבריהם. However, חכמים decreed that we have to relate to גויים and, and to treat anything that they touch as though they are at that moment זב. We are going to study זב later on, not, not in this treatise, but they also have a certain kind of תמה, all מדרבנן. ואין לך בכל מיני נפש הים אשר מטמא והוא חי או מטמא והוא חי, חוץ מן האדם בלבד והוא שיהיה ישראלי. So as a rule you should know that the only thing that is alive and can both acquire and transmit to a while being alive is a person from Israel. אחד גדול ואחד קטן מטמאים בכל הטומאות אפילו בטומאת המת, שנאמר בה ואיש אשר יטמא, אחד האיש בא ואחד הקטן שעליו הוא אומר שם, ועל כל הנפשות אשר היו שם. אפילו קטן ביומו שנגע או נשא או העילה מת עליו, נטמא, ועלהו תממת. והוא שנולד לתשעה אבל בן שמונה, הרי הוא כאבן ואינו מקבל טומאה. מיינרס אולסו כאן אקווייר טומאה. We learn it from the פסוק, and this is an example of a דרשה that could have gone the other way, חכמים decided to make it this way, ואיש אשר יטמא. Obviously you could make the דרשה איש not to include מיינרס, אבל חכמים actually said איש to include anyone, including מיינרס. And, uh, and there was another little proof from there that in the, the story of, of Midian and of the war of Midian, uh, sorry, in, in, the, in the prescription for, for uh, the Dam Nida, which is the, the water of Efer Para Adumma, it says, nefashot asher and all the lives that were there, which all became Tameh, so all the lives, it doesn't distinguish between ages. The only exception is a baby that was born prematurely, Ben Shemona, which at their time, in the times of Harambam and before in times of the Mishnah and the Gemara, which is, he is codifying, was not recognized as legally alive until we knew for a fact that, that he would survive. Tetvav. Hamet eno metamea chetese nafsho. Afilu meruyad o goses. אפילו נשחטו בו שני הסימנים, אינו מטמא עד שתשא נפשו, שנאמר בנפש האדם אשר ימות. A person only starts transmitting טומאה after they actually die. It's not enough to be in the process of, even if someone's throat has been slit, they will not be מטמא until they actually have passed. נשברה מפרקתו ורוב בשר עמה. או שנקרע כדג מגבו, או שהותז ראשו, או שנחתך לשני חלקיו בבטנו, הרי זה מטמא ואף על פי שעדיין הוא מרפרף באחד מאיבריו. There is a few other things that חכמים decided, these are though as if the person is legally dead. One is if they, if the, their, his, the, the person's um, 
neck spine, um, I don't know exactly what to call the, this part of the neck, was, was uh, broken um, together with the majority of the neck. Or a, a, a chunk of someone's back was, was, uh, was cut off of the size of, of a fish. Or if someone's head was severed, or if someone was uh, cut into two. So in all these cases, a person will be deemed to have died, regardless of whether there is any uh, movement or nervous or electrical activity still going on in that uh, body.